Atlanta's Evening News from 5 to 7. Depend on it. Now, Jamie Dupree with the latest breaking news from our nation's capital. All right, Sean Hannity Show. Glad you are with us. By the way, I want to say a big shout-out to uh, now the number one show by far in New York City is right here on our new station, the all-new 710 WOR. And uh, many thanks to Tom Cuddy and, and uh, all the guys over there. Uh, new morning show's doing great. Sh- uh, Schnitt and Len Berman and uh, just very bar- bar- buddies. You know, Mark Simone and everybody, they're just great. Wonderful people. So proud of uh, what we've been able to do with your help and your support. Uh, so thank you all. The great one, Mark Levin, joins us in studio today. We appreciate all our good friends in media. But first, Jamie Dupree, standing by. He's the most connected man in Washington. How are you, sir? Thanks, Sean. How are you doing today, buddy? I'm good, brother. How are you? Excellent, excellent. We're nearing the vote here in the Senate uh, in a little while on this Planned Parenthood issue. As of now, as we've talked about for days, it doesn't look like that the Republicans will be able to get the 60 votes to overcome a filibuster from Democrats. Um, I'm not sure whether I just saw a little wiggle room from Senator Susan Collins of Maine, who opposes this bill, but says she wants to offer an amendment that would go after specifically uh, the clinics that uh, that are selling fetal tissue from abortions and target them rather than just blocking federal funding for Planned Parenthood. So I don't know if that means that she and Senator Mark Kirk of Illinois, who, what, four years ago voted against a very similar move, whether they might vote procedurally with the Republicans on this, even though they don't agree with the underlying thing. So as of right now, they won't get the 60 votes, but we'll see how many they get in a little while. What a shame. That means every Democratic senator doesn't care about the rule of law. There will be uh, Senator Joe Manchin of West Virginia has said that he will vote with the Republicans on this. The only other one that that uh, I can see voting along with the GOP is Senator Joe Donnelly of Indiana. Back in 2011, also when the House voted on this same issue, Donnelly then, a Democratic congressman at the time, voted with the Republicans. I think it was one of 10 Democrats, if I remember correctly, from looking at the vote. And so a lot of people here think he may do the same today. So at most, it seems maybe two Democrats will cross party lines to vote with the GOP on this. Where are we with Schumer and this Iranian bill? Um, I don't know if you saw a couple of things came up over the weekend. One is this Democratic California Congressman Brad Sherman, who actually said that Obama may go beyond what is allowed by law. Did you see that comment? I did not. I know uh, Sherman's uh, one of the top uh, foreign policy guys for the Democrats in the House. It's obvious what the White House is trying to do right now on the Iran deal. They rolled out yesterday and today. It was sort of like a steady drip, drip, drip of people announcing on the Democratic side that they were going to vote in favor of the deal to uphold it. And I think it's a little PR effort by the White House right now, centered on a speech that the president's going to give on Wednesday at American University here in D.C. It was funny because the Republicans are all saying, well, we've got the momentum right now, and opponents of the Iran nuclear deal have the momentum. And then at today's White House briefing, spokesman Josh Earnest was, we have the momentum. So a little a little gamesmanship and PR effort here, I think, on, uh, on the part of the White House is uh, they, they seem to have been much more aggressive in the last couple of days on this Iran deal. All right. So let's say that the House votes, votes against it. The Senate votes against it. President vetoes it. Explain yes. the process. Well, this is a resolution of disapproval. So it's not straight up or down, just on the deal. So then the president would veto the resolution of disapproval. That would happen after Labor Day. Then it would come back to the House, and they would have to muster a two-thirds supermajority. So if everybody votes in the House of Representatives, that's 290 votes that you would need. In the Senate, you would need 67. And at this point in time, more than enough Democrats have signaled in the House already. I think there was a letter 
of 150 Democrats a couple of weeks ago, I want to say about 10 days ago, that said they would uphold the, any veto. So as of now, at least, uh, the numbers aren't there for those who oppose the plan. But no, I don't think that the, the GOP leadership is going to back off and, and just not hold the vote. I think they're going to try to put everybody on record. You mentioned Senator Schumer at the start. Yes, he's still feeling the heat on this and has been laying very low in terms of not talking about it. And there are some people here who believe that in the end he may actually vote against the agreement, but we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, unbelievable. Well, it, I don't know if you noticed this weekend the uh, Ayatollah, uh, Kamanei is the proper Israeli pronunciation, according to Bibi Netanyahu. Anyway, he published a book. Did you see what was in this book? Um, I think I saw a little story about it. Go ahead and yeah. read it. I'm it's how sure he and thing. his fellow terrorist killers, radical Islamists, intend to outwit the United States of America and annihilate it. Annihilate the U.S. and annihilate Israel. A 416-page screed against the Jewish state, mostly. And uh, he now, the blurb on the back of the book says, credits him as the flag bearer of jihad to liberate Jerusalem. And this is the, this, this is the country, these are the, the modern-day Nazis that we're going to give a nuclear bomb to with Obama's seal of approval. I, I don't understand for the life of me, you know, how Chuck Schumer isn't screaming to high heaven, how he's pretty much been in hiding since this whole thing came up. Now, there's another issue that came out. And that is, did you hear about this Jewish group that is now accusing Obama of using anti-Semitic code words? you see that? I did not see that one, no. Yeah, it's uh, according to the Jewish press. Last week, the president had a conference call with interested Americans seeking to sell them on the nuclear deal. And many Jews who were listening on the call were taken back when they heard what they described as coded anti-Semitic language being used by the president to attack those critical of the deal. He used words like, quote, lobby like the jewish lobby well-financed quote jewish lobby and he also repeated the idea that the same people who are opposing the iran deal got us into the iraq war the quote neocons was frequently used by the president and again code word is viewed by this group as jewish the wall street journal has a piece out that obama has a blind spot towards anti-semitism in an op-ed today well it's, certainly i think a lot of democrats sorry, do friday's uh, edition uh, I think a lot of Democrats do agree that uh, a lot of people who were for getting in the Iraq war are for or against the deal at this point in time. But again, it, says, it just seems to me the last couple of days and the last couple of days of last week, the White House has really tried to turn up a notch its PR effort to keep Democrats on board. They went over Elizabeth Warren, notably, I thought, uh, yesterday and today, and a few other important Democrats, uh, Adam Schiff of Washington State, so they really seem to be, to, to my just sort of viewing it, they're tightening the screws on Democrats and keeping more of them, I think, in line than maybe uh, some might have thought a week ago. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, anyway, a House majority has signed the resolution to kill the Iranian deal, but I don't think, as you point out, they're going to have enough to override a veto. Yeah, that's the thing. I do think that there is a majority of lawmakers against it. I don't think there's any uh, question about that. But getting to two-thirds is, as look, as we've seen on a number of issues, getting to 60 in the Senate is difficult. Getting to 67 in the Senate and 290 in the House, that is a, that, that's just a bridge too far for the Republicans right now. There's not enough Democrats ready to abandon the president. Now, again, uh, as with other things, this is going to bubble its way through the August break. Uh, with Congress, the, the House is already gone. The Senate's going to be gone after this week. Anything's possible. You know, I mean, it could be uh, some kind of happening with Iran that uh, derails it or, or brings interest back in this. So we'll have to see over the next six weeks. I'm sure the White House would really rather not have missed that that date when it expanded from a 30-day review to a 60-day review. Mm -hmm. It's been a 30-day review. They might have had a chance to get things done a little quicker. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, what do you make of all of this talk that uh, crazy Uncle Joe Biden is 90 percent certain to challenge Hillary? 
Yeah, I, I was really interested. It was ob- to, to me, it was an obvious trial balloon backed up by a lot of people that were ready to confirm it and sort of leak a little more to major news organizations over the weekend. I guess it started on Saturday when I saw it first in the New York Times. And, you know, I do think it, it wouldn't it, it I don't think it could shock anyone that that the vice president might be thinking about this. I mean, he ran once in 1988. It did not end well. He ran again in 2008, and that ended a lot worse. Uh, he, he made it up to vice president. You can't help but assume, Sh- uh, Sean, that if you're the VP, that you look and think every once in a while, I could do that job on a daily basis. But the question is, does he really want to do it in the wake of his son uh, son's recent death? And that's the big unknown. But it seemed to me like there was a lot there, a lot of people sort of pushing him that way or at least trying to fan the flames and hoping that maybe he would take a second look at it. I'm not sure that Joe Biden instills fear in the Clinton camp, but it would be a concern. He's not just some outsider. He's got a lot of uh, inside connections and everything. And so we'll have to see. But I'm not. It hasn't lit this place on fire like you would expect. Now, I did see something really interesting. What was it? It was a tweet, because I saw the New York Times reporter, I think it was Amy Chosick, who wrote the article. And she got taken to task by, what's the woman's name on MSNBC at nighttime? I can't even think of her Rachel name. Rachel right Maddow. Now. Yeah, Rachel Maddow attacked in the New York Times saying, well, in a couple days, this will, you know, the New York Times will be show there's another wrong story by them, that they're just anti-Clinton. And I thought that was a really interesting uh, sort of review from somebody that might be she's seen got as major more problems. In the camp. Yeah, she's got major problems. I mean, I went through this earlier today. I mean, Crazy Uncle Joe has his own set of problems, but well, sure. You know, if you if you look at you know Hillary and this latest UBS donated all this money to the Clinton Foundation. They gave as much as thirty two million in loans via foundation programs. Donated six hundred thousand directly. More than sixty major firms that lobbied her State Department during her tenure also donated twenty six million to the foundation. And then you've got that the inspector general, two of them actually, asked the Justice Department to investigate how she mishandled sensitive information on a private email account out of 40 emails. Four of them were deemed classified information, which she said she didn't have on that account. You know, Bernie Sanders has shown that you can uh, you can rally some opposition to her for the nomination. We'll have to see if uh, if Joe Biden gets in. Certainly, I don't think we could ignore him. I don't think he's he would be the leader or anything like that, but it, it wouldn't be somebody you could just sort of turn the back of the hand to and ignore. What about this uh, this report that Boehner tried to lobby this vote and, and muster these votes against um, uh, to, so Mark Meadows could have his big vote and he couldn't get enough people to support him? Did you read that? Well, yeah, it's it's funny because I from what I got on the ground around the House of Representatives, the night that Meadows unveiled his resolution and the day after doesn't fully support that. But here's what I I'd heard at the time, because I asked a number of people right away, well, why don't you just bring this up for a vote tomorrow and move to table it and get rid of it? And a couple people that I regard as inside type people towards, uh, you know, with with links to the leadership told me right away, no, nah, it's not going to be voted on. It's uh, They don't even want to uh, give it that kind of of uh, credibility by bringing it up for a vote. Now, do I think that people were making phone calls and trying to gauge support for Speaker Boehner? Absolutely. Any good whip team, I think, would be doing exactly that, trying to figure out, was this a, a, a one person or was this a massive coup effort that maybe had run under the under the radar and they wanted to make sure that it was out there? I didn't reach that conclusion in my reporting, but obviously some others may have. Did you hear the president uh, today talk about he was running in the smog in Los Angeles when he was in college and he could barely breathe because of the smog? Let me listen to this. Tomorrow's my birthday, so I'm starting to reflect on on age, and 
And, and in thinking about what we were doing here today, I was reminded about uh, landing in Los Angeles to attend a college as a freshman, as an 18-year-old. And it was, uh, I got to the campus and I decided I had a lot of pent-up energy and I wanted to go take a run. And after about five minutes, suddenly I had this weird feeling like I couldn't breathe. And the reason was, is back in 1979, Los Angeles still was so full of smog that there were days where people who were vulnerable just could not go outside, and they were fairly frequent. Now he talks about people can run through Los Angeles without choking. Maybe it had something to do with all that pot he was smoking as part of the Chum Gang, or maybe the many cigarettes that he was smoking uh, and getting stoned all day and doing a little lines of blow and everything else that he admits that he did. Uh, the uh, new national energy plan. By the plan way, why they... did you why did you just ignore my point? That was a brilliant. You should say, Hannity, that's a brilliant point. Well, I I didn't have anything to offer on it. All right, go ahead. The national energy plan that the president laid out today. I think a lot of people here do believe that it's going to get uh, certainly taken to court, Sean. And listen, remember a few months ago we saw the U.S. Supreme Court rule against the EPA by not taking the issue of cost and how much it would cost industry to implement some of these uh, pollution rules. So even though the president laid this out today, uh, there's no full guarantee that it's going to make it through the courts intact as it is right now. And certainly it's a reminder, too, of how important it is for the Republicans to win the White House. Are you going because if they win the White House, they can flip the switch and turn those uh, regulations right off. Thank God we needed that to happen. Uh, are you going to the debate Thursday? I will be there, yes. Are you going to say hello to me like you did <laughs> the last time? <laughs> well, the last time you didn't you didn't recognize me when I said hi to you. Well, you, so, you, yes. you were up 15 stories above me, <laughs> and, and I just thought it was somebody waving to me. I couldn't even see because I had the lights of TV in my eyes. But uh, then when I saw you, I said, Jamie! And the guy next to me goes, oh, the most connected man in Washington. It was great. Yes, uh, we'll be there on Thursday, and uh, should be, I, I think it's going to be really, actually, one real quick thing. There's a New Hampshire voter forum tonight, but some of the senators are staying here to vote in the on the Senate in the Planned Parenthood vote. Yeah. But maybe not all of them. And then instead of going to New Hampshire, they're going over to C-SPAN to be satellited in. But watch for a story. There might be a senator who doesn't show up for the Planned Parenthood vote. We'll see. All right, Jamie Dupree in Washington. Thank you, sir. Appreciate see you, Sean. it. Listen, we all have cell phones, and you know what? Eventually, you're going to break yours. Your kids will break theirs. Your husband or wife will break theirs. And so it's smart to insure your cell phone. And unfortunately, if you get your insurance through your provider, you're paying way too much. You're probably paying 11 bucks a month. You have four phones in your family like I do. That's 44 bucks a month on phone protection. That's insane. Square Trade family protection plans are just three fifty a month per phone, not eleven bucks. So I've got four phones in my family. I'm saving over three hundred and fifty bucks a year, and so can you. Now remember, you're only going to hear about this here on my show. Don't wait until tomorrow when you're likely to forget. If you want to keep your provider and insure your phone, get it through SquareTrade.com. They'll show you how you can keep your provider, get rid of their insurance, and pay a lot less at SquareTrade.com, and then you'll. All you have to do is go to squaretrade.com slash Hannity, and you'll save hundreds of dollars a year. It's smart. It's money in your pocket where it belongs. Now, remember, you heard it here first. Square Trade's family protection plans, $350 a phone per month. That's hundreds of dollars a year in your pocket where it belongs. Squaretrade.com slash Hannity. at squaretrade.com slash Hannity. Sean Hannity talks to the people involved in the top stories of the day. Every day. Sean Hannity is on. Is on. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB.
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.